Aloha from San Diego, California. Hello, my pineapples, and happy Aloha Friday to you. My name is C.T. McGee, and I am the Aloha Guru, and welcome to episode three. Today's episode is called The Perfect Swan. Today, I'm going to talk about perfectionism. A recovering perfectionist myself, I'm also going to share a little bit about my own life experience with perfectionism. Then I'm going to share some tips on how to release your need to be perfect. Finally, we'll end the episode with your daily aloha affirmation. Thanks for joining me and stick around and we'll begin. Welcome back my pineapples. Okay, have you ever seen the movie Black Swan with Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis? Ugh, I love this movie. It's so intense. In this psychological thriller, where Nina is the main character played by Natalie Portman, a ballet company has Nina play the super sweet, innocent, and fragile white swan, as well as the dark, evil, strong, and sensual black swan. But then comes along a new rival named Lily, played by Mila Kunis. And actually, Lily would be a better fit for the role of the black swan, and Nina knows it. So Nina gets overwhelmed by a feeling of immense pressure when she finds herself competing for the part. And in the process, she totally loses her grip on reality and gradually goes mad. In her unraveling, you also witness Nina's intense drive to be perfect. She eats, sleeps, and lives for dancing, down to having to control her weight, even if it means bulimia. But she's ultimately consumed in the process. How ironic that no matter how much she tries to make control of her environment, her eating, her relationships, her body, and her dancing, it's ballet or the production of the black swan that's in control of her. Nina is super uptight and ultimately doesn't seem to be happy at all, even though ballet supposedly brings her so much joy. In the movie, Thomas Leroy, played by the French actor Vincent Cassel, is the director of the Black Swan production, and in the movie, his character says, Perfection is not just about control. It's also about letting go. Surprise yourself so you can surprise the audience. Transcendence. Very few have it in them. I love this quote. Perfection is not just about control. It is also about letting go. It is about transcending. But can you do that? Can you transcend? Can you surprise yourself? Come back and we'll talk about perfectionism. Welcome back, my pineapples. Let's talk perfectionism. Perfectionism can be described as a combination of excessively high personal standards and overly critical self-evaluations. Okay, we can all be too hard on ourselves at times, right? Especially us women. Women tend to think they need to be perfect in all areas of their lives all the time. Firstly, we feel expected to excel as a mother. We do most of the shopping, the cooking, the cleaning, and raising our children. Secondly, we feel expected to be good at our jobs. We even tend to go above and beyond just to get recognition in the form of a raise or promotion. Thirdly, we feel expected to be a good friend, always available to lend an ear, offer a shoulder to cry on, and to remember everyone's birthday. Am I right? And lastly, we feel the pressure to stay young and look beautiful for our husbands. That's a lot. 
Why do we put all this pressure on ourselves to be everything to everyone? What is left for us? As a recovering perfectionist, this is a topic I know very well from my own life experience. See, as a kid, my mom would say, whatever you do, you can always do better. Part of me always kind of agreed with this statement. I do believe in striving for excellence. I do believe in self-improvement. And I do believe in improving what you do when you can. Why wouldn't you want to do or be your best, right? But in my case, I felt like it never got better. It felt like I was never perfect enough. The issue became when I just seemed never to be good enough for my own mother. She never seemed satisfied with anything I did. She was so critical of everything from what I did, what I looked like, how I sounded, what I said, how I said it. It got to the point that because she nitpicked at every single detail, I just never felt like I measured up. I didn't help. It didn't help that she never said, good job. She never said, that's great, or you look great. In fact, I remember the time I won the biggest scholarship offered by my hometown my senior year of high school. I won a $6,000 scholarship from the Lions Club. I remember I couldn't wait for my mother to come home from work so that I could tell her my good news. I felt like, okay, finally, this will get her attention. I'm the only one who won this. I remembered even holding the door open to our condo complex as she carried groceries from the car. I couldn't wait, so I told her as she was entering the building, guess what? I won a $6,000 scholarship from the Lions Club. And what did she say? That's it? That's all you got? It was crushing. I was so angry. I was so hurt. All I felt with this was this pit in my stomach. I worked so hard that senior year in high school, and it was the hardest year on me mentally. I was in the top 10 of my class up until my senior year. I had three advanced placement classes in English, Spanish, and I think chemistry. I was also taking calculus, which was so hard I had to get a friend at work to tutor me. Speaking of work, I worked part-time as a cashier in a grocery store, and I was also the captain of the softball team. On top of this, my parents fought all the time. I didn't live in a big place. We lived in a two-bedroom condo, and the walls were paper thin, so you could hear everything, and you could feel everything. I didn't feel like I ever got a break, or that I could escape from the pressure of school, work, sports, and my hostile home environment. From that point on, I never told my mother anything again. I don't remember ever wanting to share any good news or anything positive with my life or about my life with her ever again, not for a long time. I was shattered. All it did for me was make me feel bad. It made me feel like I wasn't good enough and I took it out on myself. I would just eat my feelings. I would hold my feelings in and I would cry myself to sleep at night. As a result, I've had gut health issues for about 30 years. It did some real damage to me. I also just never stopped trying to be perfect. I kept thinking someday she'll see me. Someday, maybe I'll do something great with my life. Maybe someday I will be perfect enough. And this is where my conditioning to be a perfectionist came from. I now know that. I now know how I had gotten to be this way. I'm aware of it and now I'm, a, I'm just a constant work in progress. So I get it. When you don't love yourself because you don't think you're good enough for your own mother, and when she doesn't seem satisfied with anything you do, it takes time to rebuild yourself. I had to learn how to love myself all over again. 
regardless of what my mother thought of me. So where does your drive for perfectionism come from? As a wellness professional, I also have experience working with women who felt the pressure to do it all and to do it all perfectly well too. I've heard the same stories from women of all ages and from all walks of life. So let's look at today. Living in quarantine can trigger our perfectionism even more, right? Full-time working women who are also wives and mothers can feel more stretched by the demands of their jobs, homeschooling their children, and running a whole household. Before this pandemic, women would run from one place to another just to get everything checked off on their to-do list. Like chickens with their heads cut off, as my mom would say, women were always on the run. But in quarantine, it's all happening under one roof at the same time. There is no place to run or hide. While one might think it would be more convenient to have everything in one place at the same time, for many, it's not. Their pressure can build. And some may feel like a pressure cooker about to explode, especially when they don't feel they can be perfect. They're struggling to do it all and to do it all well with so many people on top of them all day long. One of my friends, Laura, a mother of three, just told me the other day, I can't even go to the bathroom without one of my children knocking on the door asking if she could have a yogurt. Even though my husband is right there, they come after me, she said. Some days my only real escape is if I get in the car alone and take a drive away from this place. Listen, these are unprecedented times. Quarantine living has not only pushed us to our limits, but it has also taught us that we actually have limits. And guess what? There's nothing wrong with that. We're not robots. We're not computers. Yes, we can multitask, but at what cost? If you ask me, this quarantine has taught us that we need to cut ourselves some slack. We are only human, and there's only so much we can do, especially when so many things are out of our control. However, we still can control our attitudes and actions. Therefore, it would serve our health and our well-being best if we chose the attitudes and actions that support our goals. As I've started to share from my own experience, there's only one certainty I've seen that comes out of constantly striving for perfection. Perfection can lead to health issues, such as anxiety and depression. The need to be perfect is a need for control. Losing control of situations that affect your daily life can make you feel anxious. They can make you feel scared, lost, confused, and depressed. I get it. But this will not only affect your relationships at home and at work, but with your own body. As a result, your body can also start showing symptoms like insomnia, headaches, high blood pressure, heart disease, and digestive issues. In other words, your mental, emotional, and physical health can suffer. But did you also know it can lead to thoughts of suicide? Can you imagine being so unhappy because you think that whatever you do is just not good enough, that you must also not be good enough? So why stick around? I do. I really do. Because I've had those thoughts as a kid, and I know I'm not the only one. I found an article in medicalnewstoday.com, and the article was called How Perfectionism Affects Your Mental Health. In this article, they talk about one study where over, and I quote, over half of people who died by suicide were described by their loved ones as perfectionists. 
Another study found that more than 70% of young people who died by suicide were in the habit of creating quote unquote, exceedingly high expectations of themselves. Toxic perfectionism seems to hit young people particularly hard. According to recent estimates, almost 30% of undergraduate students experience symptoms of depression and perfectionism has been widely associated with these symptoms. Listen, I don't know if you know this fact, but suicide is the second leading cause of death for young people aged 10 to 24. That means these people are not killing themselves because they're happy. They're either lacking self-esteem or self-worth or confidence. Maybe they're suffering at the hands of perfectionism. But no matter what, they're not happy with themselves on some level, right? So listen, there's nothing wrong with wanting to do or be your best. Let's put that out there. In fact, many jobs require a high level of attention to detail. Getting the details right and doing a good job creates a sense of accomplishment. But if you're feeling more overwhelmed than satisfied with your accomplishments, it's time to take a step back. Consider how you can better balance your drive for excellence with your overall well-being. So, rethink your priorities. Rethink your goals and your strategies for success if you're unhappy or if your desire for perfection undermines your health. Now more than ever, we need to be able to shift our thoughts and change how we do things to not only survive, but also to thrive, especially during these unprecedented times. Because let me add this, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? So if you have high standards and if you suffer from perfectionism at toxic levels, what do you think your kids will learn? What is the cost of perfectionism to you? I just read you the stats, right? Here are some tips to help you release your need to be perfect. There are seven. Here's number one. Stop putting pressure on yourself. Just stop. Not only can it slow you down, but it can actually make you less productive. Of course, you want to put your best foot forward, but at some point, you just have to let go and move on. As the saying goes, done is better than perfect, right? So putting pressure on yourself also takes too much energy. Reapply that energy to a doable action plan that satisfies your, your priorities instead. The key word is doable. In other words, pick your battles. Number two, replace self-criticism with positive self-talk. Being so critical of yourself can also slow you down and it can even paralyze you. Replacing unwanted thoughts with positive thoughts lead to positive actions. Saying positive statements out loud can move you forward. The poet and civil activist Maya Angelou said, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. So if you are struggling with quarantine living, then you need to change how you see it before it consumes you. If you can change your mentality, you can change your reality. Positive affirmations shift your mindset. They improve your, uh, your attitude and they can move you to action. They can also improve your overall well-being. Therefore, positive self-talk is the game changer that you need to think better about yourself and your circumstances.
Number three, practice self-care. This is a big one. Self-care is the key to achieving optimal health, happiness, and success. Listen, if a worldwide crisis isn't enough of a wake-up call to action for more self-care, I don't know what is. We need to nurture ourselves more than ever. Think you don't have time? Think again. Make the time. The consequences of neglecting your mental, physical, and emotional health are far riskier than you think. If you run yourself into the ground trying to be everything to everyone, you will burn out and be no good to anyone. Then who will take care of you? Say your daily affirmations. Do some breath work. Listen to guided meditations. Try some yoga classes. Go to bed earlier. Drink more water. Vent your frustrations to a trusted friend or family member. Find something to make you laugh every day. Eat more fresh fruits and vegetables. Get some fresh air and move your body. This is just a basic list of a self-care starter kit. Use it. Find whatever makes you feel good, period. That is self-care. Number four, focus on positive action steps. It doesn't matter how small these steps are or where you start. They all add up. Just start somewhere. Life is not about being the best. Life is about doing your best as often as possible. All your best efforts will lead to more work-life balance, better health, more happiness, and more success. Your results are based on the accumulation of your efforts. Therefore, the more positive steps you take, the more positive your results will be. Number five, choose progress over perfection. Evaluate your priorities. Perhaps you need to change your priorities given the difficult times you're facing. If you reprioritize and create new goals, commit to the action steps that support them, and then trust the process. Also, give yourself time to adjust to any changes you might make to your daily routine or your health habits. Number six, use a journal to track your progress. You can even use fun stickers to celebrate each step you take that moves you closer to your desired results whether it's a step toward hitting a sales goal or a weight loss goal. Review your journal often, especially when you're feeling unmotivated or if you're feeling upset about a less than perfect step in your journey. In other words, if you're really trying to eat better and exercise more so that you can lose weight, but one weekend you had ice cream or you ate cake or you enjoyed wine with your friends in a virtual happy hour, it's okay. Forgive and let go. Instead, review your journal over and over again and give yourself some credit, my pineapple. This practice will help you see all the efforts you've made so far and encourage you to keep going. It's a great practice in self-love. Finally, speaking of self-love, number seven, practice aloha and patience. Remember, aloha is about love, kindness, and compassion for yourself and others. So number one, love yourself. When you love yourself more, you tend to be more positive. When you're positive, you're more likely to follow through with actions that support your goals. You're also able to embrace your faults, your shortcomings, and your imperfections. Number two, be kind to yourself. Be your own best friend. Think a little more kindness and a little less judgment. Be aware of negative self-talk because it will affect how you feel, what you say, how you react, and what you do. So talk positively to yourself. 
Kindness matters. You matter, my pineapple. Being kind to yourself will lift your spirits, keep you going, and support you in the most difficult times. Number three, be compassionate with yourself. Compassion leads to an awareness of your own needs and a desire to fulfill them without the pressure of being perfect. For instance, if you make a less than perfect choice, who cares? It won't derail your results. It will only delay them. Your life is not over. You can make another choice that better supports your goals every minute, every hour, and every day. So be gentle with yourself. Focus your energy on recovering with the choices you make next and end your day, your week, and your month stronger. You are not the only one facing this pandemic. You are not alone, my pineapple. We are all in the same ocean with you. We're just in different boats. We all have unique circumstances in our own homes. You're doing the best you can with what you have. I know that, just like the rest of us. You are good enough. And lastly, be patient. So, your routines were pulled like a rug from underneath your feet, forcing you into a whole new lifestyle practically overnight. You deserve the time you need to adjust, especially when changes happen at lightning speed. Some of us might adapt and adjust faster than others, but understand that your circumstances are unique and different. So give yourself time. Remember, love yourself, be kind to yourself, be compassionate with yourself. That is aloha. Okay, let's end today with this. Release your need to be perfect, my pineapple. Focus on being present instead. It can help improve how you see and how you handle your current circumstances until your circumstances change. Your daily aloha affirmation to help you with perfectionism and self-criticism is this. I release the need to be perfect. Now you say it. I release the need to be perfect. Repeat it. I release the need to be perfect. One more time. I release the need to be perfect. Great job, my pineapple. Until next time, live, love, and lead with aloha. Peace, love, and aloha, my pineapple.